Hi, I'm Annette Richmond. Thanks for joining me for the Smarter Business Moves podcast. If content marketing is part of your growth strategy, head over to my new podcast, Content Marketing School, and visit contentmarketingschoolonline.com for resources. Now let's get on with the show. Hi, I'm Annette Richmond. Thank you for joining me for the Smarter Career and Business Moves podcast. My goal is always to inform, educate, and inspire. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are joining us from, either now or on the replay later. Um, I'm Annette Richmond. This is a Smarter Career and Business Moves LinkedIn Live show. And I'm so excited to have my friend Paula with me. Now, we met a few years ago. You were one of the first guests when I started my show. And, you know, we got to meet each other in person last year at a conference. And so I am so excited to have you here. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know you, can you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm a certified professional resume writer and interview coach. I work with co- clients all across the U.S., um, all different industries with those things. I write LinkedIn profiles. I write resumes. I also do LinkedIn critiques and resume critiques, and I do a fair amount of interview coaching. So I kind of draw on my years of experience. I worked for over a decade as a recruiter. And so I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I do remember when we met, um, I believe it was during the um, NRWA, the during COVID, they were really about having these Zoom sessions. And I, you know, was... I feel so thankful for that. I mean, one of the silver linings of COVID was that they were having those sessions and I was able to meet so many colleagues who then I developed a relationship with on LinkedIn. Then I got to meet face-to-face at the conference. So I'm the same as you. I just feel like that's been so, so critical. Yeah, I I, I think of that as a silver lining too. You know, I was um, doing a lot of meeting people on Clubhouse, and then I get to know them better on on LinkedIn. Um, And now I am also grateful that I've met and become friends with people kind of all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and and I love having you here to talk about interview, uh, interview skills and what's going on with virtual interviewing, because um, I always learn something. So let's, let's jump right into it. And you know, I will say the idea of virtual interviews is not um, is not really new. You know, I was a recruiter too about a decade ago, and already employers were, um, you know, they were interviewing candidates virtually by phone, some by video, mm-hmm. even if they were local. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, and during the pandemic, obviously everything was virtual, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's here today. And I just want to share some stats that you shared with me uh, from Sherm that um, 82% of employers adopted virtual interviews during the pandemic. Of course, no surprise there. Um, 93% plan to continue using video. And then something we want to talk about, I want to ask you about a little later, is 80% expect AI to have a moderate to significant impact on HR and recruiting. So um, can you start us off by just um, talking about 
um, sort of the, the impact of just virtual in, interviews, which I guess now are primarily video um, on the industry. I mean, it's more convenient for employers, obviously, I would think for candidates, but but I don't know, maybe maybe not um, as beneficial. So so talk a little bit about that, please. Yeah, I think well, what's important for candidates to know is the reason why companies are doing this. And companies are seeing such tremendous savings from doing this. So it's not going away. Um, so you need to learn how to adapt to this environment. It's only going to get bigger. Um, basically, HireVue is a big system that a lot of companies use. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Unilever saved $1 million after they implemented this system. Um, Hilton Hotels implemented this system and they shrunk their time to hire from six weeks to five days. So what's important for you to know as a candidate, it's not going away. You have to learn how to work within it. Um, it's only going to become more prevalent because those big companies are kind of leading the charge. Right now, companies are using it a little bit more, well, two areas mainly for entry level kind of starting point positions and also for tech positions. But that's expanding. I mean, we're seeing it now in senior leadership positions. We're seeing it all over the board. So something to be prepared for. I did a, a talk with Bob McIntosh last week and there are 50 people on the call and he surveyed his group. How many of you have conducted a one way video interview? And it was something like 25%. And wow. so there's two different types of, of video interviews, mainly. There's more, but the two main ones are a one-way interview and a two-way interview. So one-way is also called a pre-recorded interview or a uh, asynchronous interview. Mm -hmm. Basically, during those, the questions are pre-recorded. You can do it on your own time. You record your questions into a blank screen. And then a two-way video interview is more like what we're doing in that, where it's a Zoom session. It could be conducted on Zoom or through one of these um, portals. Mm -hmm. And it's somebody is on the other other end of the screen who's asking you the questions. It's still awkward because you're not face-to-face, -face, but it's not quite as awkward as the blank screen. So candidates kind of need to know, like, okay, how am I going to work in these worlds? And it's really difficult for people like you and I see people all the time who haven't updated their resume in 20 years. There's also people who have not ever done a video interview or a virtual interview. And it's much different than a Zoom call. You know, we all gotten some bad habits on Zoom, like your, your sidebar's over here, so you're looking here. Mm -hmm. You're cleaning out your desk while you're listening to the call. <laughs> um, so it, there are some kind of different rules that apply and you have to be cognizant of your operating. It's an interview, it is different. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have a few questions um, for you based on what you've just shared, but I know that whole, you know, professional on the top and pajamas on the bottom, you know, <laughs> right. and people think, oh, well, I'm, I'm on video, but you never know when you might have to get up and right. get something or, right. or, or something. Right. And so, you know, you really have to think of it. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing about uh, video interviews and, you know, I think people at least, five years ago, a lot of them were more just screening interviews, but today you'll have a series of them. And one thing I want to just highlight that you mentioned is if video interviewing is shortening the hiring time, that should be very, very good news for candidates. The fact that they will, will get, go ahead. Right. Absolutely. And another thing to think about is it was Google when they had their campus recruiting, 
So after they implemented the system, instead of sending the recruiters out to all campuses across the, across the U.S. for some of their positions, they use, they implemented this system. And they saved so much money, but more importantly, they were able to interview 300% more candidates. So what that means for you as a candidate is before you might not have got, got interviewed by Google Mm -hmm. or another company. And now your chances of being interviewed are greater because they are able to get through more candidates. So that can be great for you. It also means on the, on the flip side, you have more competition. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to, yeah. yeah. But another thing, you touched on it and I forgot to address is like, I like to point out the positives for candidates. So these interviewing by video can be advantageous for people. Mm-hmm. So if let's say you're nervous or like I had a client who was interviewing in downtown Chicago and he lived about an hour away, you know, years ago, he had to drive yeah. there. He had to fight the traffic. He ended up being, he didn't know where to park. He ended up just making his interview just on time. Mm-hmm. And he was completely harried when he got there. And there's none of that anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, right. No, I was just going to say, I, I remember working in corporate myself. And at least a couple of days before, you'd have to go and drive to wherever the building was and make sure you could, so you knew to avoid mm-hmm. those. And then if there was an accident on the highway, well, <laughs> you know, too too bad for you. Yeah. So so um, one thing that, that I do want you to um, give us some advice on is, preparing for um for these video interviews and um and and also my question is if i'm a candidate and i'm applying and i'm invited for an interview will i know in advance if i'm actually meeting somebody or i'm going to be just talking to a screen um that's a great question usually companies divulge that information in advance um they legally they don't have to except for a few states Okay. And I apologize. I don't know exactly what, which states those are, but it's kind of coming across the company country, excuse me. And I believe that HR teams are recognizing that it just makes more sense to get ahead of this and Mm -hmm. warn people and people don't like surprises. So they're really actually doing a pretty good job preparing the candidates. They'll say, go to this site. There's some sample questions. Check out this YouTube video that explains how this process is going to work. They, I do think that HR companies or HR uh, departments seem to be doing a pretty good job at preparing candidates of this, mm-hmm. but I can't guarantee it. And I was um, reviewing a video of a recruiter who took himself through the process of a different company to show people what these interviews look like. And in the middle of it, he is, so it's all these video questions that pop up. It's a, it's a pre-recorded recruiter who comes in and says, give me an example of a time, blah, blah, blah. But then in the middle of it, they say, um, tell me what your qualifications are for this position that make you stand out. And it's a written question. So in the middle of it, they just have to type out. And I would be freaked out by that. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's crazy, you know, um, what candidates kind of the hoops are having to go through a little bit. So if, if you can share a few, um, a few tips, techniques that 
candidates can use to prepare for these virtual interviews and and also um you know maybe how to get comfortable being on video because as you know a lot of people get really nervous when they're on when they're on video and and self-conscious about i think being on video so i know that's a big question but yeah, i'll start with the i'll start with the tips and tricks so i okay. eye contact what so your camera level should be a little bit above above plane. So you mm -hmm. want it a couple inch, inches above. So you're looking up. You don't want to be looking down. You don't want to be looking up. So you kind of have to find, find that right camera angle. And then like, for example, for you and I, once we signed on, I minimized my screen so that you are right below my, my camera. And then you have to kind of train yourself to not watch yourself and to watch the other person. And it does take practice. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gets at your second, um, question, which was okay, but I have more tips. Okay. Then the oh, other yeah. thing is, is to smile. You know, it just creates that connection. It helps you feel less nervous. Even if you're faking it till you make it in the beginning, it helps your body release that cortisol and those endorphins. Mm -hmm. um, it also helps the recruiter feel less nervous too. Um, lighting's huge. If you can go in front of a, a window, mm -hmm. natural lights, great. Bring in, so you don't have to buy one of those ring lights. Um, you can, if you know, you're going to be you know, completing, you know, hitting your job search hard, buy a ring light. It's like $20 on Amazon. Yeah. Um, but also you can bring other lights for your, you know, take your desk, move it somewhere else. Like you got to think a little bit creatively and try out some different locations. Um, hand gestures. I've been using a ton of them. Don't <laughs> Me too. I always tell my clients when I work with them on interview coaching, don't lose that. Um, it's okay. rare that I see too many hand gestures. And if you think about your examples, if you can ever emphasize it with a hand gesture, that it really does help. So if you say like, I've got three examples, or we started with the problem being huge, or we started with something here and got it to here. And it just kind of helps bridge that gap of this awkward video that we're on instead of a mm -hmm. real life thing. Um, body posture, don't fold your arms, lean in a little bit. I'm actually not right now. I, you should, you should sit in on the front part of your chair and have your body at a little bit of an angle. So you're leaning in, mm -hmm. um, it just kind of, it helps your diaphragm <clears throat> open up and your voice project, project a little bit. Um, and your shoulders try to think about, you want your shoulders to be proud and stand tall, but not, um, slouching and uh -huh. not, not tense. So they're down a little bit. Um, attire. We talked about that a little bit dress professionally. I usually recommend people dress one level above what they're going for. I don't know about you, Annette, but when I worked in recruiting, people asked me the attire all the time and we were happy to give that information. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about your internet connection. So if your connectivity is really not great, go to somewhere else. I had a client who he's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to my parents' house. They have great Wi-Fi, and my kid won't be there and my dog won't be there. <laughs> so, you know, think about those distractions. Right. And, and not that recruiters aren't, I, we all live in this world. I've heard your dog, <laughs> um, you know, la the last time we met and I worked with lots of clients, it's something that we all work with them, but if you can control what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. your back. Your no, background is part of your brand. So think about that. Mine's not ideal. I'm not at home today. But, um, you know, think about those things that some people 
prefer a neutral background. Mm -hmm. I don't mind if there's things back there as long as it's pretty clean and crisp. And I had a client who he was going for some kind of a, a job in the sports industry. It was like an offshoot. I can't remember. It was something with sports analytics. And he had some kind of sports thing back there. And he did it on purpose. Like, I want them to ask me about my alma mater, you know, and, yeah. and so you can think about those things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, was- I was gonna say, and, and what's your, what's your take on, um, on sort of virtual backgrounds. Now I, when I first started doing things on video, doing my live show, I always used a virtual background and, um, and then if you don't have a green screen, it can look kind of wonky. You get that, you know, that pixelation. Um, and I had a, a speaker, uh, someone professional speaker, friend of mine say, you know, you really should not use the virtual backgrounds because people like to see, as you were talking about a little bit of personality about kind of mm-hmm. where you, who you are in the background. Mm-hmm. So what, what's your take on that? I think test it out and just see, it kind of depends what's back there. Okay. Um, I've seen those blurred one that, that look yeah. pretty good. You know, it's just a kind of like a light blur. Uh-huh. Um, I've been using a virtual background um, sometimes when I'm not at my house with my zoom clients. Um, but yeah, I think I prefer uh, not having a virtual background. Um, and I think most recruiters, like you said, prefer that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so my take on this then is that you should prepare as if you were going in to meet someone because you probably won't, from my understanding, talking to recruiters is you're unlikely to meet anybody face-to-face until you're like one of the top, maybe five candidates or something or the, the top, maybe two or three candidates mm-hmm. where you're each, you know, you're all invited to come in and, and meet in person. Yeah. Prepare the same way. And the same, some of the same concepts really apply. I think the overarching concept is you're trying to create a connection and create engagement. So your resume is kind of those facts and figures mm-hmm. that gets you in the door, the interview, could get you the job. And it's more about, can you work? I mean, yes, they want you to have the skills, but they also want to know, do we, do I want to work with this person? Mm-hmm. So taking those opportunities to create that connection is still really important and extremely difficult in, in a virtual or video interview. So like some of those same concepts, like radiate positivity right away. You know, you want to kind of bridge that gap. Those first few seconds or minutes are really important. Um, those like kind of those impressions matter. You want to really be nice to everybody you meet. That's part of it. You know, you might have a panel of people be mindful of those bad remote habits. So like we talked about it briefly, but if you, you know, just really to, in order to really engage, you have to listen, not to be doing like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah. And listen and connect with the person. Um, and then also like technology, delays can be kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. And even though you can proactively plan for everything, you are, or excuse me, for some things, you can't proactively plan for everything. So anticipate there might be some problems and you might have to go with the flow. I mean, recruiters are telling me like, that's part of the deal now. They like to see, they don't do it on purpose, <clears throat> but if it does happen, they want to see how the candidate's going to, you know, handle that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously most people are making big hand gestures in their hair like I did, but some people will. They fidget with their hair. They have jewelry. They fidget with that. And uh, that can be kind of um, disconcerting when you're on Mm -hmm. the other end. So now um, I'd like to just sort of pivot over 
to talking about AI interviewing because I don't know much about it. Um, and so I'm interested to learn kind of what it is and how it's going to affect the industry and, you know, maybe what candidates should uh, be getting ready for. So AI is already being used all along the process for many, many companies. So not just in AI interviews, but it could be in the chat bot, chat bot that you talk with when you're just looking at the job description online. It could be in the way they schedule you. It could be in um, just some questions that you ask about benefits. So AI is already there. It's, it's along the whole process. It could be an onboarding. Um, but specifically within video interviewing, it's really interesting. Okay. So basically what they do is, um, so for example, like when Hilton did this, they had a team from HireVue come in, they interview um, for one particular position, they interviewed employees all across that position, great performers, poor performers, medium performers, everybody, everybody. And they had them do they had them complete interview questions then they analyzed the how they did on those questions versus their performance reviews and then they developed the algorithms to okay. sort out for those qualities and those skills so it's oh, wow. really really complicated so wow. then what they did is then when uh a new person applies and interviews, they're evaluated against those parameters and then they're sorted into those buckets. So it's kind of like a high, medium and low tier bucket based on like how well, it's like predictability of how well they're gonna do in this position. So super interesting, super complicated. The algorithms are deep. <laughs> they, a lot of companies, many most companies don't reveal what they are mm -hmm. exactly. So, but some of the things that um, people are kind of like evaluated are, are gestures, um, facial expressions, body language, tone of voice, inflection, and many, many, many others. So you're evaluated and then you're put in, in, a, in high, medium, and low tier. Mm -hmm. And then recruiters can see everybody. So it's similar to applicant tracking systems where okay. all, the, all the resumes are in there. It's just that they're being scored and mm -hmm. then sometimes recruiters don't have the time to go through all of those and they may only go to the candidates who score the highest. So that's very similar to video interviews where they're then scored and then the top tier is most likely to be brought in for in for that next stage. Wow. So on the one hand, as I'm listening to you talking about this, it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, but but then on the other hand, it, it feels like that might um, a, a mitigate, if not eliminate, the unconscious bias that, you know, people have. And, you know, the horns and halo. I meet somebody, they remind me of my, my friend from high school. I like them immediately. I meet someone, they remind me of the neighbor that I can't stand. I dislike them immediately. So, you know, um, which has nothing to do with gender or race or anything like that. But um, is, do, you, do you think that? that that will be beneficial to the candidates? There's a huge debate in that right now in the field. Um, basically, the legal aspects of this and the um, bias mm -hmm. um, are being debated. So some people believe it's less biased. Mm -hmm. So like you just mentioned, as humans, we, may, we as former recruiters, you know, 
or let's choose out other people because <laughs> yeah. you and I didn't do that. But like, you know, let, sometimes they bring in their biases and sometimes it's unconscious and computers. What happens with the algorithms is they can actually be programming in the bias. Oh, so they have okay. to put in. Uh, I don't know exactly the technical terms, but put in stops to stop that from happening. And I forget which company it was, but basically they found out that they were, they were, they were hiring for software engineers and they found out that they were discriminating against women. And there were, because basically they took the top tier of employees, they took the resumes that scored the best, and then they tried to sort through and they found out and that there was class action lawsuits about discriminating discriminating against women. And that's just one example. So it's a huge, uh, you know, it's kind of similar to things that are going on with chat GPT right now, where people are talking about how do we police this? Like, this is going to go crazy on us. And it's kind of similar in some ways. People are like, how do we have um, transparency in these AI processes? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean for human resource teams? So it's super, super interesting. Um, you know, there's people on both sides of it and there's um, laws and policies coming into play that will probably be much different in 10 years than they are from right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, that is it's absolutely fascinating. And the only thing is, um, that made me think of I would I went to a um, one uh, meeting at my local Sherm chapter um, a, a few quite a few years ago, and the uh, people that came in I forget which company they're from um, they were implementing something where um, when say if you were interviewing me that you would have sort of a scorecard and just check off things on the scorecard to make it um less subjective with you just saying well i you know i liked annette and somebody goes well i don't know i didn't like her so much that you would have something more objective uh, did they still do anything like that or yeah, they definitely do that that's very very common so candidates get scored and they are trying to eliminate bias by asking the same questions to the same candidates so it's that structured interview process mm -hmm. Um, you know, they don't want people to go off script. That's a problem. So these some of these systems are eliminating that rogue hiring manager who would ask, hey, um, how many kids do you have? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, oh yeah. Bad move. Right. <laughs> yeah. So companies like it for that reason, because it, it is is so structured. And like you said, it's that predictable. We can't we can't go back and somebody can't say we discriminated against them by asking certain questions because we know our questions are sound and the same questions were asked to the same people for the same exact job. Yeah. So, so as you mentioned, um, and I, I was going to ask you about this anyway, that you were a recruiter, you were a corporate recruiter. So what made you move into coaching? Um, it was kind of like, like a lot of people roundabout. So I, I left because I was a stay at home mom and I had my third kid and I was like, I don't, there's too many balls up in the air here. And I loved my job. Um, but while I was working as a recruiter, I really, it felt frustrated sometimes because you can't give candidates the feedback. And mm -hmm. so many times I still feel this to this day that people just need a little bit of help. And they can do so much better, particularly in interviews, mm -hmm. I guess for resumes too. So um, I, in between that time, part of the time I was a stay-at-home mom, then I kind of fell into a different career, um, literally by accident. <laughs> I mean, well, I was, I was a part of a program and then 
I um, ended up kind of running the program and I, I thought I did a good job in any, everything, but it was not my, what wasn't what I was interested in doing. Mm-hmm. And so through that time from, um, for many, many years, I helped family and friends, you know, just for free. So I'm one of those people, like they talk about this gig economy and they talk about starting off, you're doing things just for free, you know, just mm-hmm. pro bono and wanting to help people. So for years and years, I helped family members and friends and former colleagues with interviewing with their resume. And then I remember one day I, I Googled like interview coach and I didn't even know it was a thing. And so yeah. then I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I took a couple certifications. I, I started doing resumes, um, you know, got some attention for some of the resumes that I did and then kind of the rest is history. Yeah, well, you are you are very talented. You are very talented. I, I've talked to you. I've seen you in action. I've heard you speak many times and seen your your work. So um, you you are really really talented. So um, one thing that that I like to ask is our time is is just about um, done here. It goes by so quickly. Um, I've asked you a lot of things. We've talked about a, a few different topics. But I'd like to ask you if you have any, you know, final thoughts, something that you would uh, think people should know that we haven't really talked about yet. Ooh, I'm going to just pick something off the off the topic a little bit. And it's fine. It kind of it kind of feeds into video interviewing. But knowing your differentiators is huge. I feel like we are all unique individuals and knowing what you bring to the table that is different from your colleagues who maybe do that same job. Mm-hmm. That's the key, I think, for especially interview coaching and for resume branding. And I know, oh my gosh, I'm talking to the expert on this, but you know, personal branding is all about kind of like what makes you different. And you don't mm-hmm. have to be like everybody else. And you know, there used to be this old adage of like selling yourself. And I believe the new adage is is more not you selling. Yes, you have to align with the position. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, how how are you different? What are you bringing that other people might not? How do you solve problems in a different way? So I'm just, I just feel so passionately about that, that everybody has that. And I love my job because I can really, I love uncovering that within people. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you because it's not just what you do, how you do it makes you, you, it makes you different mm-hmm. from, from every. So instead of selling yourself, it's more like being yourself Yeah. and then showing people who you are. So, right. um, so I love that. And, um, how can people, uh, get in touch with you? They're watching on the replay or maybe listening to this on the podcast, uh, connect to you on LinkedIn. Yep. LinkedIn. It's Paula Christensen one. And I'm pretty active on there. You know, I try to post helpful content. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. (laughs) So um, that's probably the best way. They can also look at my website, which is strategiccareercoaches.com. Okay. Well, again, I thank you so much for being here. It's always a treat to chat with you. And I look forward to seeing you in person in the not too distant future. So, okay. Well, um, thank you everyone who has joined us today and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Smarter Career and Business Moves podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe.